Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Worst First. I have a very, very special guest today. I had been putting out feelers for like a month. And I was trying to find someone who was an embalmer or a mortician who who, who did you know who worked with dead on dead people because I was just so curious like how does someone get into that profession and how do they you know do that so today we are so lucky to have a guest we have Louis Brock here who is not only stunning like hello gorgeous stylish comes with a really cool dog she's like very cool I'm like wow I'm very not cool compared to you um but you're just like this cool person and you're a is it called a more you're called a mortician or an embalmer what do you what do you guys pr- prefer to be called yeah so I have um dual licensing so I have a funeral director's license and an embalmer's license. Hold so. your mic as close as you can. There you go. Uh, <laughs> not used to this. Sorry. Stuck so. on the mic. No, it's <laughs> for, is, it for, is it your first podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, I'm a behind great. the scenes person, clearly. Oh. So No, uh, you <laughs> look like you should be on the scene. Um, but yeah, so when you talk, just hold as close as you can. You're good. Okay. Yeah. So you have two licenses. Yeah. Embalmer's license and a funeral director's license. So technically in California, that makes you a mortician. A mortician. Okay. So the the term is mortician for, yeah. uh, for all that stuff. I think it's a personal preference. A lot of people like to say, um, you know, people, death care um, associates or death care, you're in the death care industry, I'm just mortician. That's what it is, you know? Right. Um, people used to say undertaker, obviously. They don't wow. really say that anymore. Undertaker's but scary. I, it's pretty- <laughs> Makes you sound like you wear just like a black coat and yeah. like a fucking or, like mask, like I'm here with a sickle. Yeah, or a wrestler, perhaps. <laughs> right, the undertaker, yeah. the wrestler. So, okay, so, so many questions. I'm like so excited to have you here. I don't even like know where to start. So- you're you're like this young beautiful girl and you like you embalm people you do funeral preparation you do all of that mm-hmm. how does one get into this or you wanting to get into this that's usually the first question that people ask me and it's really not an exciting answer um i i recently uh, not recently but like 5 6 years ago got into this okay. i i decided to drop everything i was doing i used to work in fashion 
used to model. Then I worked at American Apparel, like in their web department, just a lot of different fashion companies behind the scenes, online, you know, merchandising, things like that. And I decided, screw this. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, what am I really interested in? And in the back of my head was always that idea of, you know, working in this industry. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. I was always, you know, just kind of interested in like the biology of people. I never thought I'd go to med school or do anything like that. But I was like, all right. So I started researching, looking into it, realized the only school that was available was in Cypress, California, which is an hour and a half from my house. And I applied and I just, I was like, let's just see if this works. Let's see if I like it. And I went back to school. And so I went to mortuary school. So I wow. just started so there. Just five or six years ago. Yeah, I think five, six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. Six mm -hmm. years ago, you went to mortuary school. And I want to hear everything about that. So you go to mortuary school. It's like your first day. Do they give you kind of like a speech like this isn't for everybody? Oh, yeah. Like you, you this is Hogwarts for dead people. Like you are not all going to make it. You're that, not all wizards. That's literally their speech. Really? I'm serious. They are hardcore about it. Yeah, they treat this like it is medical school. Um, they basically say, you know huge percentage of people are going to drop out of the program. And we're like, yeah, whatever. Like, that's not true. Oh, they do. Like, they weed you out. And I don't know if that's the schoolwork or just, like, when they see the bodies, people see the bodies for the first time, they can't really take it. Um, but, yeah, we, we graduated with, like, a very small class, considering we started with, like, a certain amount of people. Um, but, yeah, school was really hard. It's a really hard program. So anybody who's interested in going to school, there's one school in California now. Uh -huh. Cypress College in Cypress, California, and it's difficult. It's difficult. It's really hard. And I, I'm a person who loves school. I was terrible at school. Uh -huh. I like C's get degrees. You know, I'm not trying to go to grad school here afterwards. Like I was just, I was working, I was getting married same time, you know, so yeah. there was a lot going on. It was really hard. It was really hard. It was a full-time intense two-year program. And so, so how long um, before you, they bring the first body in for you? The first semester, you aren't hands-on. You're not tactile with anything. It's the second semester that you're embalming. Really? So, yeah, because you're not just learning embalming. That's actually, there's only two embalming lab classes in the schooling. You're doing a lot of other thanatology, study of death, psychology, of, you know, of death, everything around that area. And then you're doing, like, the biology, the chemistry. Like, they are stuff that you honestly don't even really use in the industry. Uh -huh. um, they they throw it all at you. Accounting, you know, it, like, yeah. like we're really going to do our own books. I don't right, 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 right. They're like, you can't, you're not going to hire someone. Exactly. You're, you're going to do the bodies. You're going to do the paperwork. Yeah. In some instances, people do, but right. not really that often these days. Wow. So, um, yeah, just a lot of classes I didn't honestly think I was going to have to be taking, like, you know, chemistry, like molecular chemistry. Like, right. I, I because you have to know what chemicals react with bodies and your organs and that yeah. kind of thing. So when they rolled in the first body, <laughs> was it a guy or a girl? Everybody got their own. So when you're in mortuary school, there's four, is it four people? It's four to five people to a body. So you each work, one person works on the head section and then an arm, an arm, a leg, a leg. Um, and what they're doing Dog just farted. It's That's okay. My sorry. dogs fart oh my all gosh, the time. He's an old boy. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Rupert. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, settling in. Um, We're glad ooh. you're comfortable, Rupert. <laughs> Can we get you anything? He's all burnt. He's like feeling very at home right now. He's so relaxed. Yeah, Love Rupert. Um, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there's about five students to a table. And basically, what you're doing is you're focusing on raising. I mean, we can get to that later, but you're raising certain arteries in that certain area that you're focused on. So, okay. um, the first body that we got, so to be clear, when you when you have bodies in mortuary school, 
they are donated from the coroner, basically. Um, they're bodies that have been there in, you know, up to sometimes a year. So these bodies are, they're, they've been around for a long like time. Like they're unclaimed, been dead for a long time. Unclaimed, you know, usually sometimes, unfortunately, it's, um, it's homeless people, um, you know, people that didn't have family, nobody to claim them. Wow. Uh, so... And it's pretty, it's a kind of a bummer when you first, you know, see them and you're just like, you know, but. So they're rough looking. It's rough. Like, honestly, was it a girl or a guy? Your first one? They were rarely women. They were rarely, rarely women. women. I saw like maybe one. Or, it was always, almost, men. always men. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a man. Um, ours wasn't actually that bad. There was a lot of cases down the line during school that were super bad. And honestly, the worst cases I've seen were those cases. Uh-huh. And I mean, generally, like when you're working in the industry, you get like, you know, the 80, 90 year old little lady, like there's a lot of those. Um, but these cases were rough. And we do get those when you're working, you know, as a funeral director, mortician, you get those rough cases once in a while, but not like this. So it was a like a rough hardcore introduction to what you're going to have to be dealing with. So they're like, if you can embalm the worst, then the easiest will be, you know, cake. And so what do you have to do? You get the body, okay, and scary. It's hard, right? I mean, it, it's not, like, it's physically demanding. It is. I no, mean, but I mean the body physically. Is it rigid? Like, rigor oh, mortis? Um, n- no. People have rigor mortis basically only within a certain amount of time since they've died. Uh-huh. So since, I have to keep remembering yeah. all this. I, w- I was going to keep reminding you, but I'm seeing you remembering. Sorry, you're checking it. yourself dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so within usually 48 hours is when the body goes into rigor mortis, um, when it stiffens up. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get to them, you know, especially if it's three to one, six months, that there's going to be no rigor involved. Um, so it's not stiff. So they're pretty, you know, flexible. And So that's weird. Your body goes hard and then softens up again? Yeah, your muscles basically, like, they Rel- seize up. Release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they release after a certain amount of time. So when you are embalming a body that um, just died, which is preferable when you're embalming. You want someone who, who's recently deceased. Um, you do have to, when they do go into rigor, straighten out their arms. And sometimes you're stuck in those positions and you can't break the rigor. So that you have to basically kind of like leave them as is, which is not ideal, but yeah. How long do you have to leave? Have you ever had to leave someone? Like, cause they were, they, they've died like this. Yeah. I mean, a lot of older people, they're in you know, fetal positions on their sides or, you know, their hands are clenched from arthritis. You have to kind of decide whether it's arthritis or if it's rigor and you kind of like have to like uncrack their fingers. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and this doesn't affect you mentally? Day to day, not so much because, you know, I chose to do this. This is like what I'm into. I, lo- I love this job like with a passion. Uh-huh. Um, but after a while, you know, a couple, they, they say it takes five years to kind of get burned out in the industry. And I can see why they, they say that. They tell you that in school. Um, it's physically, for me, more demanding than mentally. Really? Like, you are, I mean, and there's a lot of women now in the industry. So we're expected to basically, like, be as strong as, like, the bigger dudes who are, you know, picking up the bodies from houses and stuff. And we can do it. There's ways to do it. It's a lot of pulling. It's a lot of maneuvering. Uh-huh. Um, you pick up bodies from houses? I've done it a few times, but my last job where I was at, I was mainly embalming. Okay. But I have been. But you have I've picked up bodies? Most, but, mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like, someone died and then you show up and you're so cute and, like, you have your little hat on and everyone's <laughs> like, wow, is this, like, what is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> is this, is we call the right people? Like, you're, you're like, so fashionable oh, and cute. Thanks. Like, if, if people are probably like, wow. Like, I mean, I'm glad. Like, her makeup's <laughs> probably going to look bomb. Like, 
that's kind of crazy. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like focusing on your look. Cause I'm just, I, you're like looking at you. If you were walking on the street and I had to guess what you did, this is not what I would guess ever. Oh, well, thank you. Literally. Like you're so cool looking. So, I mean, not that people who do this aren't cool looking. I, I like, it's such a, your break, you know, there's an expectation of who's going to show up to your house. Like it's going to be an older gentleman, yeah. in, like a coat and kind of weird. Like yeah. there's that stereotypical, you know, what you see on TV and movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and I've worked with people like that yeah. and you know, it's nice that you're seeing a, you know, different faces now. Um, I'm so glad to like meet you. Cause I think it's <laughs> such a crazy, so like, okay. So you said burnout cause it's physically demanding. So like the actual task of embalming is demanding. I mean, once you get the person on your table, it's not that, you know, physically demanding, but, um, just <laughs> getting the body from one place to the other, the cooler to a table. If they're on a cot, you have to be able to lift the cot. I mean, people these days, unfortunately, are a lot heavier. And you have to do this all by yourself? You are trained so that you can do it by yourself. I mean, there's certain instances where I do need help where I'm like, I know I'm going to hurt my back if I do this, so I'll call one of the guys and they'll help me. Some 300-pound dude, like... I could do 300 if it's maybe a little bit over that. But yeah, you just learn. You have to learn how to safely do it by yourself because, yeah, I used to work night shift. If you're there by yourself and there's no one to help you, you got to figure out how to get, you know, this larger person from this place to the other and get them all on the table, get their clothes off, get everything ready. Like it's, it's uh you just learn the tricks. There's a lot of tricks. A lot so of tricks. you <laughs> work by yourself at night. I did. I used to, I used to work embalming bodies. Yeah. I did in that. the middle of the night. I did that for a year. Yeah. I would work girl. super late. Yeah. Girl. Did no. you not have, okay. Let's talk about spirits and stuff. Okay. What is your vibe on that? I, I'm probably like the most boring person to talk to about that because I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in, and I've never had... You've never felt anything weird with never, the bodies? Nothing. Never. No and ghostly chills or freaking drawers opening no, or... Never. And I know people who have had those things happen to them who are embalmers and funeral directors. And I'm like, roll my eyes. I'm like, sure. Like, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. But personally, I, I've never seen anything. Um, we... Where I was working was on a cemetery as well. Like, you walk out the door and it's like, you know, a thousand acres of cemetery. So, you know... The only reason I'd be creeped out even walking through the cemetery was like there was coyotes like that freaking right. out or like maybe like some like random vagrant was like hiding behind. But you never got scared of like anything. <laughs> you should ghost. be afraid of the living, not the dead. Yeah, seriously, it's not the dead. Um, okay, I I never have had the only time I've seen a body move <laughs> was Boy. during an earthquake. <laughs> really? So, but what about sometimes when people die and they twitch? I've heard about it doesn't happen. It doesn't, it happen, doesn't happen once happen. they're to you. They don't, I've never seen them like move, like limbs move or appendages move. It's more like there's, your body has a lot of air in it when you die. And there's a lot of, you know, like buildup of air. And so uh -huh. there are things, a lot of farts. Yeah, well, there's just, it's a lot of smells and farts. It and, smells. And, oh, just, I mean, most bodies. Yeah. Like, cause you start decomposing the second you die, you yeah. know, and the first thing to go is your blood. So you're just decaying from the inside basically. Um, but, uh, so do you wear like a, a thing for the smell? Um, I'll wear, like, you know how everyone's wearing masks now? That's how I'm, I'm so used to it. Like the whole mask thing now, like it's not a big deal because I'm used to wearing those masks every day, all day anyway. So you're wearing that you're wearing a face shield, PPEs, that's what they're called, personal protective equipment. And you're wearing the whole gown and the apron and the head covering. So you are always, you know, taking into consideration that the body might have, you know, a dangerous disease. So you just assume that everybody does. Everybody wow. has one. So you have to treat everybody like it has a disease, um, whether they do or whether you know they don't. So, um, yeah. 
And then where do you, where, where do you start? Like, what do you, what's the first step of like, embalming? They're on your table. Yeah. What's the first step? So I put these boards underneath them so that they're raised up from the table so that I can reach beneath them. So there's about two inches of space beneath the body. Um, and I will bathe them, um, properly get everything clean. You know, most people, most people are okay, but you know, unfortunately a lot of people are in rough shape. I mean, they sometimes died for a reason. So they're, you know, sick, have diseases, you know, they're not, I've seen some really rough things. Like um, wounds and. Well, that's a whole other story. Like Ooh, yeah, accidents. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. the more tragic accident stuff yeah. is, is like a whole other ballpark but um you know just like if you get like a typical like older person who's just passed away from like old age or something um yeah you just bathe them and then you kind of just like assess the body you're just like assessing the whole time like what you're doing and like you have to keep an eye on I'm very keen on paying attention to details so um you just you have to like before embalm them look at everything on them and see like what they look like what color everything is what like the the texture is because when you embalm them things will start to change oh wow so um and that's, it takes years to learn all those little things. Right. So, um, yeah, so basically you get them bathed, get everything clean. And what you usually start with is you start raising the carotid. So when I say raising, you basically make your incision um, into this area about right here above your, your clavicle in the neck. And, oh, my God, he keeps farting. I don't smell it. I'm glad you I'm don't smell it. I'm so sorry for you, though. <laughs> Rupee. Rupee. Rupee's got to go poopy. Yeah. He's, he's all burnt. Oh, God, sorry. I love it. It's all good. <laughs> I like he just, he like, can fart it. as much as he wants. I can't even smell okay, it. Okay, good. If you don't smell it, I'm fine. No. Um, uh, yeah, so you raise, so you raise the, you, you raise the car carotid How do you artery. do that? You just cut a hole? You have your scalpel and you just cut, you know, maybe about an inch incision into that area. And you use these things called aneurysm hooks. It's a lot of similar tools to like what surgeons use. Just uh -huh. a lot of stainless steel, um, uh, you know, tools. So you basically kind of open up. The uh, fascia, the, like the, the superficial fat that's kind of everybody has, like right underneath the skin. Uh -huh. And you're carefully basically trying to make way, get through to the artery. Uh -huh. And then first you'll take the vein. You'll see the vein first. The vein is like above the artery. And you have to be really careful because the vein is super, super, super thin uh -huh. and delicate most of the time. And you take um, string, which we call ligature. And you basically put the string underneath the vein and then underneath the artery and you raise them when you say raise it's just because you're raising it more to the surface so that yeah. you can inject from there okay so that's that's the biggest thing is just knowing where all the artery the entry points are for the embalmer to inject so um if you and what do you inject it's a mixture of uh, formaldehyde um embalming chemicals so there's you know a lot of different companies a lot of different brands um, that's another thing after a while, you just yeah. start to kind of learn like your own cocktails of different things. And there's dyes, there's humectants to make, so if someone's super dehydrated, there's like a chemical to make them a little plumper. Wow. If they're edemic, which is the worst thing ever. What's edemic mean? You're retaining water oh. enough where like, if you press into the skin, um, it, it, it leaves an indentation. So <laughs> oh like that, God. it gets really bad and people do, um, they can like, retain up to like you know half their body weight oh, so, oh i've heard of this called edema edema it's yeah. usually when people have like heart disease right or, and, medications, or medications cause it yeah. cancer um so unfortunately that's the hardest thing to get rid of uh there's chemicals for that that reduces it but nine times out of ten even the family members you know they don't they recognize the person but they do look a bit different because they didn't look like that when they died unfortunately but there's some things that we can't really treat and they give you a picture they're like this is what they look like and it's like a picture from like 20 years ago you're it's like usually, oh this doesn't even look like them now but okay it's usually yeah. like a glamour shots photo and they're yeah like, they don't their have best that. photo and people are gonna get more fucked because all the face tuning and shit 
Oh, they're like, yeah. she didn't look like this. No, it happens all. Yeah, like, the younger this people. This is the most get. face-tuned photo I've ever seen. So you have young people come in too? Oh. But is it often? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, since you're, I'm in L.A., L.A. County, and we served most of L.A. County, um, you see a lot of different cases. And I was fortunate enough to have my apprenticeship at a place where um, it was high volume, super high volume. So I've seen, I don't want to say everything, but close to everything. I've worked on, you know, thousands of bodies. and Babies? Really? Yeah. What happened to the babies? Um, just accidents or just crib death and stuff? And sometimes SIDS, yeah. Sometimes there's been pool accidents. Oh, no. More often than, you know, you would like to hear about. Um, God, do you see the families? Do you meet the families? No, I don't. I used okay. to do funeral directing where I'd meet face-to-face with families and arrange the funerals before I did my embalming apprenticeship. Um, and once I did my apprenticeship, I kind of just, yeah, I was just put in the embalming room and I rarely saw families. Are you glad you don't see families now? I liked it. I liked funeral directing. I really did. I would love okay. to work at a place that I could meet with families and then go embalm their loved ones. So it was, you know, I, I did everything for them. But unfortunately right now, like especially in California, there aren't many mom and pop type places to do right. that. At. So everything is you know, sectioned off. Were people, when you were meeting with the families and then they would like, you know, talk to you, were they like totally distraught and it was like, yeah. 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 It's and hard. it's it's hard because, you know, you're the last person that they want to see mm-hmm. and you have to get to know them quickly. And either like they, they will warm up to you and they will, you know, be super sweet to you or it, they'll just be on the, you know, the defense completely the entire time. And you really have to like win their trust quickly. Right. And I do I do like meeting. I did like meeting with families. I really did. I didn't do it for that that long. But um, yeah, I would do it again. Wow. Yeah. OK, so. I just want to get into, I'm sorry, honey. Did I disturb you? I'm sorry. What He thinks your shoes are dogs, I think. Oh, no, they're not dogs. <laughs> Look. He really does. See? It's not doggies. He literally, he's it's so blind. It's not doggies. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's okay. Wiki's, Wiki's blind, too. Okay, so you have a couple really gnarly ones that came in. Yeah. Um, those are mostly accidents. Accidents. And I, How often are the accidents? All the time. All the time. Like, and every day. I, I would say, yeah. I mean, um. And it's crazy because when you see the news and you're following stories and stuff, you kind of wonder, like, am I going to get that case? And that happens all the time. Oh, my gosh. So you're aware of a certain case coming in sometimes, and you're expecting, you know, is the family going to want to embalm? More often than not, the worst cases that we get, families want to see the case. Okay. It's it's They want to see the body? They want to see the body. That way it's fucked up when it's fucked up? Like, you got to put that person back together. Like, that is actually my my (laughs) – My favorite part of this is the reconstructive, and it's called um, reconstructive art, you know. So you're like an artist because you are putting people back to what they used to look like, and you're doing makeup and everything? Um, I prefer to do makeup on my own cases, makeup and hair. I love that part. Um, I'd like to do everything from start to finish. Um, You're supposed to usually hand it off to somebody else, but I'm such a control freak. You're like, I'm doing the hair and the makeup. Yeah, because you you get to know that person. You're with this person for like hours and hours. Like, I, I know exactly like what they need. Um, to right. make them look perfect. So, uh, but yeah, the the worst cases have been accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are car crashes, which really freaks me out because Ooh, I'm so paranoid. Driving. Do not text and drive. Just don't do it. It yeah. is. It's so. It's life is so fragile. You heard it here first, guys. And she doesn't believe in it. You don't believe in an afterlife. No. You don't think we're spirits in a body. I mean, maybe. I don't know. You I don't have know. no idea. But you I don't have that. You've never had like a feeling or anything like that. Are you scared no. of dying? Um, I'm not scared of it. I think about it a lot because I'm just around it a lot. Yeah. Um, 
not not of myself dying, but more like the people I'm close with. I think right. I'm kind of like obsessing over that. And it makes you upset. Yeah. I mean, I've had some loss and quite a lot of loss this past year, and it's kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, but that's a... I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> um, okay, so back to what you were saying. Yeah. So you, so you're... You had a gnar- some gnarly cases come in. Yeah, there's been a few. Like my first, my first reconstructive pro- project, my first reconstructive case. Yeah. Um. He he was a security guard, and I guess the reason they tell security guards not to chase after people who have stolen things from stores is for reasons like this. So he chased the guy because he had stolen, you know, a six pack of beer. And the guy killed him. He stabbed him everywhere. But the, the thing that I had to fix was he did, like, the, the Glasgow smile, the Chelsea smile, I think they call it. So, you know, from one end. The guy who the stabbed other. him did that to him? Yeah. So he did the knife from the corner of his mouth one way and then the other, too. So he just made that, you know, that And you cut. looked at the body like this. I had to fix it. I had to make it look like it never happened. Did you throw up? No. You don't even care. You're just like, oh. I mean, that was the first gnarly case I worked on, and I was super proud at the end because you can see anything that had happened. And you do certain things, like you make stitches um, so that they're hidden, yeah. subdermal stitches so that it closes the skin together, and then after that you apply you know, wax and makeup and make it super smooth. And it's hard. That's the hardest part is like the waxing and things like that. Um, but, yeah, the family, I don't think they knew what damage Actually, had been done yeah, to him, yeah. so – in a way, like you're kind of protecting them from seeing what really what happened. really happened. So you're like absorbing all this like trauma that no one else is gonna see. It's it's pretty heavy. It's That's a lot. Gnarly. Yeah. So he was stabbed everywhere where his guts hanging out and stuff. No, he wasn't. Um, he was just yeah. The face the facial trauma was the the biggest biggest uh, problem. And what then, killed him? Just the raw uh, hit hit. It something? was probably loss of blood. Oh, lot yeah, of blood loss. Yeah. Um, Did they tell you what they died of? Most of the time you can kind of tell, like after a while you get you get used to like seeing, you know, signs of what, what disease they died from, things like that. But um, you do get a, a you know, preliminary death certificate where it does say like what the doctor, you know, said that Sad they died of. Yeah. What's yeah. the most common one? Heart attacks, strokes, um, heart disease. Um, yeah. Are you, <laughs> and do you have young people come in with have had heart attacks and strokes or things or not really as much? Anyone who's had a heart attack who was younger was obese. Obese. I've seen okay. that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Not like young, like 30s. skinny people. No, wow. 30-year-olds having heart attacks because they were overweight. Mm-hmm. Guys, I know we're all in quarantine, but time to s- <laughs> swap no. that Gatorade out for some water, <laughs> water. As I have a Gatorade right here. I'm like, don't <laughs> there's look. There's a water, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, there's a water, too. I drink the water, not the Gatorade. Okay, so that was really gnarly. The guy with the che- like Cheshire cat yeah. smile. And then what was another one that was really gnarly? I've had train accidents. Train accidents? People jumping in front of trains. Trying to kill themselves. Trying to kill themselves. And that's when you do have to sew, um, you know, parts of their body back onto their main part of their so body. So they bring the body parts, like, in a bag, and it's, like, all separated? Uh, everything's in a body bag. So I don't know. This is, this is basically, people don't know this, but if you're in an accident and you're, you're a younger person or you haven't seen the doctor for three months, you're going to go downtown to the coroner. You're okay. going to go to the morgue. Um, a morgue is not a mortuary. People get that confused too. So okay. I don't work in a morgue. I work at a mortuary and then this place is the coroner downtown. So it's the okay. medical examiner's office. So anybody who, um, dies young or dies in their sleep or an accident or an overdose, anything, you're going to most of the time be autopsied. 
whether okay. you want to or not. Okay. The only way you can get out of it is like having a religious, um, you know, reason or the family can, you know, say uh, Muslims, for example, like you're not supposed to be autopsied. Right. Um, it's, it's happened. I've seen it because they have to figure out cause of death. But um, yeah, so the autopsies on top of all the trauma from let's say, get, obviously this person died because they jumped hit, in front of a train but they still autopsy them because they want to see if there was like, bitch i know i know it, it makes me so mad sometimes because so obvious it's, or people who have you know hung themselves or slit their wrists or things like that they still do autopsies and i'm just like why, why? to see maybe if they were on drugs they could just take a blood sample in yeah. that case but they want to see contents of stomach they want to see all these other things i get why but it's just I wish there was like other ways of <laughs> figuring out. Gosh. Makes more work for me. <laughs> wow, it does because yeah. it's even more cut up. Oh, do yeah. they go do a good job sewing them back up after they do the autopsy or no? They just <laughs> do what they want and then they're just like, here, bitch, you finish it. They, yeah, they don't even sew it up. They basically kind of like tack the skin back together like little not, staples. Not, not ta- no, not that. It's like okay. it's called tacking just because you're, you're sewing it in just very small places. Not, okay. Wow. He can walk around. It's okay if he takes a shit somewhere. He won't. It's okay if he does. Um, um, but yeah, so, so that's crazy. So you get it tacked together and then you're, they're like, okay, so I just shit on this plate. Now you make it beautiful. Basically. Yeah. So whenever we hear like an autopsy is coming in, it's like, all right, well, I got to save a few hours to deal with that. Cause who knows what condition that body is going to be in. Um, what's the longest you've worked on a body for embalming? I mean, there's been days where I've been in the embalming room for eight hours doing a body and the next day there's still more work to do, you know, like there's the worse the body, the more um, chemicals, the more treatment, the more process that you're going to have to do. Um, I take my time embalming. I don't rush it. I, I, I've known embalmers to do bodies quickly, an hour, an hour and a half maybe. But and how do they look? Plastic. I mean. <laughs> Scary. Embalmers are Randy so, Newman. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not unusual. You're like, why does my grandma's hair look like that? Grandma, embalmers, that's messed embalmers up. Embalmers like to talk shit about other embalmers' work. They so do, just gonna... like hairdressers. <laughs> it's the worst. Every, you ever notice really? that? You go yeah. to a hairdresser and you go to a new one. They're like, oh girl, what'd she do? You're like, calm down, Tiffany. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, we, so, yeah, th- so, so embalmers talk shit about other embalmers. Just everyone thinks they're like the best embalmer, and they have like their own like special ways of doing things. So, um. Yeah, like I know people who who I don't agree with their embalming practices, and I have my own way. But yeah, and some people are obviously probably better at makeup and shit than other people. Like you're good at your makeup. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I want you to do mine because you look good. But like (laughs) you know, obviously not everyone can do makeup. And what about guys? You know, guys do the makeup sometimes. Yeah, and they're. I mean, we're not. That's the one thing about the Cypress program that I think they should change is having makeup courses because there's no cosmetology or hair. Like they teach you to do like an old lady, you know, curl set, right. which is is actually really helpful, and I love doing those. Um, but other than that, no, like you have to learn during your apprenticeship how to do makeup. Yeah, and it's not normal makeup. You have mortuary makeup too, so you have to learn how to like use those. So it isn't makeup like Mac. It's like no, specially made for dead people. Yeah, it's super super opaque super opaque makeup. Um, and unfortunately sometimes you have to really cake it on because you know, not everyone's going to turn out with that perfect skin tone. Right. Um, after they're embalmed, sometimes they're gray. Sometimes they're green. Like if they had jaundice, they might've turned green during embalming. So you have to like cover, it's like painting. It really their is. Whole face. Their whole face, their hands, everything. I mean, you avoid that. Like that's, if you have a good embalmer, like that stuff won't happen. Right. Um, but yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so, it's so gnarly to me that like, so you, so you right now, like, I know you're like said you're, ta- you're taking like kind of a little a hiatus, I'm on hiatus. During, hiatus during this situation, which is good. And yeah. I'm glad you are. So 
are you, how long do you think you're going to want to do this? Do you think you're going to want to do this for like a while? Like, is this something that you think you like? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I just, it's hard to find kind of like the perfect situation environment, work environment that I want to work in because I, like I said, I do want to do funeral directing and embalming. Um, I know that's probably not going to happen in LA, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm just taking a break right now. Um, and I'm kind of just like reassessing where, you know, I want to be in the industry and stuff. Um, I love embalming. That's the thing. I love embalming. You do. I love it. I love doing it. I love not freaked out at all. No, no, never, never. It's never the the only thing that bothers me and my coworkers will attest to this. I cannot do maggots. Oh my God. Ugh. Okay. You know what? Let's take a quick break and we're going to come right back and talk about that. Cause that's disgusting. Okay. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we're back. So I, I'm telling I, I'm telling Louie right now that like I think she's so cool because I'm so weak because my biggest fear is dying. And that's what I have anxiety about all the time is that I'm afraid like when I'm driving or like when I'm somewhere in a store that I'm just going to die and I'm going to be with a bunch of people I don't know and it's going to be horrible and blah, blah, blah. Like that's where my anxiety comes from. And like... You just said, don't worry, because when you're dead, you won't know, right? Like, and that's what I'm hoping. But then I have, like, this weird fear in the back of my mind that, like, our body dies, but then our soul is still there, and we can still see everything happening to us. So I'm just a little mm. freaked out. Yeah. But you're but – do you see – okay, do you ever notice – have you ever seen someone – well, obviously, you work in this business. You've seen someone die. No. Well, you haven't. No, no, You've never seen no. someone go from being alive to dead. No. Never. Okay, so – I don't know if you've noticed this, and I've only seen a few people die, obviously older family members and my dog who got tragically killed, but I noticed something is that their eyes, like I'm looking at you right now and you have very glistening eyes mm-hmm. and there's like a light in your eyes. Mm-hmm. But you notice when someone dies, it just goes. there's yeah. no light. 
Yeah. It's sort of just empty. Just like when you see like a squirrel who's been hit by a car, you can know they're dead because it's just, it's yeah. the, almost like a fog. It's yeah. like there's nothing there. And maybe that's why it doesn't bother me so much because I know they're not in pain. They're not they're suffering. They're not there. It, it is peaceful. It is yeah. quiet. It is, it is you know, tragic things. It's it's over. They're not in any pain. Right. Um, so I think I think I focus on that more than anything. Um, yeah, I... I I obviously it's funny because it's like mortician's the last person to see those person's eyes right. for the rest of you know that person's whatever eternity laughter like whatever I don't yeah. know whoever believes in that but yeah I'm the one who shuts their eyes I close you their shut mouth. their eyes yeah like you do all these things for the last time and I find it to be like very like poetic in a way um, and in the whole process of of doing that and preparing a body so I just find it to like be very beautiful in a way and that's why I love it so much because it is like an art but it's art and science and yeah um and their eyes are empty to you like there's nothing well they do change the color changes they get a bit cloudier even if you have blue or brown eyes a lot of the time they kind of just fade to this like cloudy color why why is that i don't know just part of being dead i guess right (laughs) um so you have to close them because a lot your eyes will just stay open right um sometimes like sometimes like the nurses or whoever's taking care of the person will like close them for you but you still have to like thoroughly disinfect everything anyway so you're getting in there you're cleaning and then you put eye caps in which basically are little spiked pieces of plastic they're little domes that you go that go over the eye that help the eyelids stay closed because okay. there's little like spikes on them that keep the, the eyelid closed. closed yeah so um uh, I guess it's going back to the process, but yeah, the first thing you do after bathing the body is you, or it's called setting the features. So you're closing the eyes, you're disinfecting all the, you know, the nasal cavity, the oral cavity, the ears, everything, shaving. Um, you have to have certain shaving instructions. You cannot touch facial hair without specific instructions from families because it's like, it's the worst thing. Like, what if you like went to a funeral and you saw your uncle who had a mustache for 50 years and he has no mustache? Like, right. You are in deep shit. You're like, why do you shave uncle's mustache? He was born with the mustache. Yeah. 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 Or even like women who have like a little bit of facial hair, like older women are like, a, you know, a little signature hair coming out of their mole. Like, yeah. you don't touch that unless wow. you get instructions. Me, I'd be like, yeah. uh-uh, <laughs> Tabitha, I will take care of this for you. Like, that- she, she wore that hair. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. like, nah, she loved that. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, that's, that's insane. Insane. Okay, yeah. so you, we were talking before the break about bugs and things that can happen when you die. You just said you won't do maggots. I mean, I have to, but... So how does that happen? How do maggots happen? Is a body being left for a long time? I mean, we try to do, obviously, everything we can to, like, mitigate that. So um, keeping the bodies, like, wrapped in the sheets and plastic and keeping things away from the outside element, so to speak. But if, like, the body's been let's say like found at home after a certain period of time or even at the coroner's office, unfortunately, like if there's that one fly that comes in, like lands on that person's face or goes into their nose and lays that egg, whatever it's over from then on. Because really? Then, then you are just like, it's an infestation. Yeah. Your whole body, not your whole body. Like it could spread obviously, but like usually it's the face. Cause that's where they can get in. The face has maggots in it. Well, they go up the nose or the mouth. And then how do you get them out? They're really hard to kill. That's why I hate them so much because I haven't found like the perfect thing to really like <laughs> get rid of them. But we used um, there's a lot of different things. We use carb choke, like carburetor cleaner um, that will kill them. But then, you know, you have to basically be spraying that near the body. And I don't really like to do that. But there's a lot of different things that kills them, like acetone and things like that. But and they, you have to pour it like in the person's mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. thing is, like, sometimes you'll embalm them. 
And then if the body wasn't, let's say, like watched after properly after they're embalmed for a few days, because they're left out, they don't go back in the cooler after embalmed. Like they're, you stay out. They, you can well, you can stay out. That's the whole point of embalming is to do prep, prep you know, um, temporarily preserve the body so that they can sit out until their funeral and then have your visitation and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if like a fly unfortunately gets somewhere near the body, then um, yeah. It's <laughs> have you ever had a body be done and like ready to go and then a fly came and just mm-hmm. fucked everything up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you notice? You just notice worms or like. You see, you see a maggot. And if you see a maggot. There's hundreds. They're somewhere in there. And Those you little have to, fuckers. Oh, my God. I hate flies. But I know they're here to help us de- decomp- de- to help decomposition. That's the only earthly purpose. I fucking hate them, though. I have fly traps all outside, and I watch them, and you know what's even grosser is the fly traps have all the flies in it, and then the flies eat each other, and then they lay eggs, and then the maggots eat the flies, and it's like the whole bag's full of maggots. It's disgusting. Yeah, they're nasty. So you're, I'm dead. A guy comes in with, like, his face slashed, and you're like, nah, it's no big deal. Maggots, though. I will not fuck with maggots. Wow. No, yeah. Um, So you've, so that's a big thing in the business? Is that, like, a big thing to deal with? I mean, your biggest thing is to, like, keep that body fresh. So it does not happen, yeah. Right. But unfortunately, sometimes it does. Um, Is it frequent, or is it kind of? Um, I mean, people ask me that, too, and I don't know how to answer, because it happens so frequently. I don't know if it's frequent for where I worked or, I yeah, don't know, yeah. I don't know, I don't know really. Um, uh, wow, usually it's from the corner. Okay, the corner's dirty. <laughs> corner needs to get his shit together. Corner needs some fly well, traps. I mean, LA, they do, but yeah. I mean, it's just, they have so many, there's so many bodies in LA County. They are so backed up all the time. Um, so there's a lot of need for the work in this business. Like there's a demand, you would say? Um, I, yeah, I guess I would say that it's pretty competitive. I mean, there aren't a lot of embalmers, but then like the jobs are so, you know, few and far between that it's like everyone's pretty competitive to get those positions. It's hard to get in with the corner. You don't have to be a mortician to work at the corner, but it is hard to get into that place. So why is it so hard? I don't know. It's, it's because you're working for the County basically. So, um, you know, all the drug tests and the other, you know, background checks and stuff, same kind of stuff that we have, but they just go to like a further level with that. Cause they do like the investigations and you know, think forensics and stuff. Right. Like that. Right. But, um, a lot of people think that that overlaps with what we do. Like people ask me, Oh, you do autopsies. No, we don't do the autopsies. We put back together the, you know, autopsy, the autopsy person. Yeah. yeah. So there's usually like, uh, people think that, but so how many, like, so there, I mean, obviously there's so many people in Los Angeles. So like when you're working there, like how many bodies are coming in a day? I mean, I worked at a super high volume plate. I couldn't even tell you how many bodies came in a day, honestly. Um, I'm not saying like there was like a ton, but. Um, like, are we talking hundreds? No, or not we, hundreds a day. No, 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 no. no. Like, maybe I don't like know, 20, 20, maybe 20 people than, a day, uh, like 10 to 20, maybe it got really really super busy obviously when COVID happened yeah, and I was seeing these numbers come up, you know, on the news and stuff. And I'm like, these aren't right because we're seeing that amount of bodies with COVID come in. Like, so if they're talking about the whole County, like I think it's being undercounted big time. Undercounted. I mean, we had to have external fridges, coolers brought in to hold the bodies. Like there were so many, it got, it was just, there was a lot of COVID patients, a lot of COVID patients, unfortunately. And it was really scary at first because we didn't know much about it. And yes, we were like, we're working around it. And like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't so much afraid of like the bodies having COVID because you're wearing your universal precautions, PPEs. Like I'm not worried about that. It's mostly like the drivers coming in and out of the hospitals, hospitals, the nursing homes. Like there's just a lot of precautions that need to be taken. And I'm so like, 
nervous about all that. Yeah, that I was starting same. to kind of get like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, don't cough on me. Yeah. Don't look at me. Don't touch me. Yeah. Same, same. Um, so that's crazy. Well, you guys heard it here first for all you non COVID believers. There's so many people that are like, it's not real. Oh. Or a lot of people think that people were just being diagnosed with it who didn't have it. Like, you know, cause there'd be some people who, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of these people probably had underlying conditions or no. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But like when you look at the death certificate, it'll say, you know, like pulmonary issues, cardiac issues, and then the third, fourth line down COVID. Yeah. So it attributed to their death yes. because they had those underlying issues. But also there's some people that, that didn't have those issues. So. And it was just COVID. Just COVID. Did you see young people with die from COVID? I wouldn't, I never, never children. I never saw anybody super young. Um, maybe like men in their or late thirties. I think I saw like a few, but um, was it more men than women? No, it was about, it was equal. Um, but yeah, they all came mostly from the hospital. Wow. Yeah. People in their thirties, guys in their thirties. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like some people don't know that they have underlying conditions. So maybe they didn't take the precautions that they needed to. So it's just so important to like, listen to what the CDC is saying because it's, it's real. Yeah, like, we are hearing it, guys, here first from a mortician. <laughs> so get your shit together and stop being fucking having your barbecues and shit. It's okay? so frustrating. I, it makes me so angry that yeah. people are still doing this kind of stuff. Like, it seems to have, like, died down, but it hasn't. No, I mean, like, I'm not having any big gatherings, and I'm, like, very careful about who I am. I'm like, have you been around anyone? Have you da 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 Like, I'm very, like, and obviously we're sitting. Yeah, and I get I'm, tested like, not, on the reg, yeah. so it's like. <laughs> and I'm sitting, like, very far from you. I mean, I, actually, Tommy and I got tested, like, three times in the last two weeks just because we were supposed to do a show. Mm-hmm. Thank God, negative. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, this is just, like, it, I'm just so blown away <laughs> by, like, this whole, that, that you do this. Like, what was, okay, what was, like, the saddest one that you saw come in? That you were just like, this is really sad. Um, saddest, it was a car accident. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a mother that had just had twins. Oh, my God. Prematurely. And she was on the way to the hospital to see her twins in the NICU. And she was in a terrible car accident. And she died. And she died, yeah. And she was, it was a major reconstructive case. Um, is it people there. being killed by drunk drivers a lot? Or is it more texting and driving? Um... I don't know. It might, it's kind of a toss up maybe. I mean, obviously like, I don't know that they died from texting unless mm-hmm. I read that. Like, well, not even on the news. They don't really know that. It's mostly like, yeah, I'd say just negligence. Drunk drivers are a big part of it. Cause I do like look up the name sometimes and see on like news, like what exactly it was. Um, just, yeah. I mean, looking down for one second, like, yeah. Are <laughs> car accidents one of the biggest ones causes of death? I mean, a huge amount. Yeah. Huge amount. I would say, I mean, I, <laughs> Yeah. Like almost like top up there, like heart attacks, car accidents, drug overdoses. Overdoses. There's been a lot of, uh, it's so sad, like a lot of young people overdosing or suicide. A A lot lot of of suicide? suicide. A lot of suicide. You see a lot of suicide. A lot. Young kids, 14, 15, you know, guys in their 20s, you know, young women. And every, every, you know, race, age, sex, anything. It's, it's a huge problem right now suicide and more during this pandemic um i think statistically that is true because yeah. people are getting a bit more depressed and stuff but um yeah and yeah. what is the ways that they usually do it it's crazy because you see all the different ways but the biggest one i've noticed to happen more fr- the f- most frequent is hanging really so the ligature marks on hanging. the necks yeah hanging hanging themselves with different um types of yeah I- iphone cords rope 
iPhone cords. I've seen that before. Yeah. You've seen someone hang someone with an iPhone cord? Yeah. How do you even do that? Like, it's like. It's like a nine, nine foot or ten foot. I don't and know. you yeah. tie it to, like, the ceiling, and I guess. I think he did it from a fridge, from a fridge handle. Gosh, how do you. I don't know. But that's, like, sometimes you get these, like, little bits of information, and right. you're just like. I don't even know. And it's yeah. young people, young yeah. girls and Teenagers. guys. Girls and guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy because, you know, sometimes you can find them, find the stories, or find, if it was a murder, for for example, this is usually, you know, reported. Um, but you can look them up on Facebook. Their, their accounts are still active, so sometimes you want to kind of, like, see what they looked like. Do you and do that? Sometimes? I do, yeah, yeah. because you, find you, out about you are spending time with that person, and, like, you – sometimes you don't get the photo soon enough and you need to see like what they look like to put them back together. And, um, you kind of, maybe that's just me, but like I go a bit deeper. So yeah, I like, do you to, get sad for them? Or are you kind of like a business person? I get sad for the families more than them. Um, considering my viewpoint on, you know, like what happens when you die, but yeah, yeah. for the families, it's, it's horrible. It's tragic. I can't, I've never, I can't imagine having, you know, a child that, died from something like that um it's horrible for families that's insane i can't believe young these young a lot of young suicide that's horrible yeah Yeah, unfortunately um and then the overdoses have become a obviously like a bigger problem too now these days and what's the biggest drug people are overdosing on right now fentanyl Uh, fentanyl fentanyl heroin fentanyl yeah absolutely yeah i um i have a friend who's daughter took a xanax and she thought it was she was taking she thought she was taking a xanax yeah and it was laced with fentanyl and she just went to sleep and never woke up yeah the street street xanax yeah you got to be careful guys don't don't take do- freaking drugs <laughs> yeah. like just don't do it i mean like i'm all here like yeah like go see a psychiatrist like get proper medication but don't go off the street if no. you know and and buy stuff off of people like do not do that no. it's not the way to go you know, obviously, like, this is just, you never know what you're getting, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it seems like things have just gotten, like, the wild, wild west in terms of drugs. Like, you really don't know what you're getting. Even if somebody's like, oh, I'm the best. I know I'm all my stuff's clean, clean yeah. and not cut with anything. Like, they're full of shit. They don't know all the time. And, you know, just be really careful, guys. That's, like, all I can say. Mm-hmm. And that's so sad. And in terms of the suicide, like, fuck. I mean, yeah. that's horrible. That's so sad to me. Yeah. That, I, that you said there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Unfortunately. Yeah. Fuck. It's, I mean, it's, it's, that's the hard part. Like, it does get emotionally taxing seeing yeah. like, all these different ways and modes that people are, you know, dying from. But, I mean, that's the job. That's what I signed up for and everything. But um, And you have, like, a really good head on your shoulder. I mean, you seem very strong. And, you like you said, you don't feel, like, affected by it. And you're not like, oh, spirits or this or that. Like, you're very you're – very, you seem very <sighs> – very tough. Well, do you well, like so? What gets under your skin about it? Because I know you kind of like told me. Do you have like a little bit? Excuse me, anxiety and stuff too. Or? Yeah, no, I suffer from massive like social anxiety, yeah. depression, anxiety in general. And um, recently, I'm taking a break because my father passed away. So in, sorry. Thank you. In in June, and honestly, like I I've experienced older people in my family you know, passing away, and 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 sometimes like tragic deaths of friends from overdoses and stuff like that. But like this is like hits really close to home. Yeah, it's my, it's dad. my dad. I'm super close. I was yeah. super close with him. Um, and I was kind of really nervous and, and, and not looking forward to what was going to happen when someone like that passed away. And unfortunately it was sudden and it wasn't expected. So I was not ready or equipped to like deal with it. And that's why I'm kind of like taking a step back and taking a break and just like 
working on myself, you know? I'm like, so glad you are. My dad is my best friend, and mm-hmm. I think about it a lot. It's, and, uh, yeah. And, yeah, it, yeah. Like, it's very, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't even tell you. That's my, like, one of my also biggest, like, things that I, I think about that a lot, too, you know? Yeah, I mean, people, you aren't prepared for that. I mean, sometimes there's sick or you know you're it's expected there's different like types of you know grief and Mm -hmm. this kind unfortunately for me is like called complicated grief because of just the circumstances so just um it's like yeah I I learned all this stuff in school and thanatology and you can read it in a book but it's like dang when when it it happens happens to you you. yeah it it sucks and it happens to everybody at some point but when it happens to you it's it's the worst so um yeah I just uh I couldn't really be at work and in that environment and grieve at the same time. I thought I could do it. I tried and, um, yeah. So I was just no, doing it's what's good best to for take me. time. Yeah. You need to take as much time as you want. Yeah. Honestly. And I, <laughs> I wanted to still love what I do and not be affected by it. So, um, I want to obviously be able to return to it healthy, happy, you know, ready to, you know, do what I do best. And yeah. So. That's what you have to do. I mean, uh, life is so interesting. I mean, it's it's like we're every day learning how to navigate our way, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and it throws things at us and it's unexpected and we're expected to adapt. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most challenging thing about life. And especially like, you know, with you, it's I mean, I'm sure it's hard because it's like you're you're you know, you're in this business and you're like fuck this is like what I do and like how can I get away from it and so yeah that's such an important thing I'm so glad that you were like take you're taking your time (laughs) and now I'm here like come talk about it on my podcast I'm like the worst no it's okay no I mean like I I feel for you like I'm very I I, I'm I get it like I think I have social anxiety as well which is interesting because people are like oh you're so outgoing but like I get very nervous like before you came over even before I have guests before I have to go anywhere I get like sick physically no I'm the same exact yeah way. like I just you have to like snap yourself out of it yeah and, just, and like, you have to remind yourself that like your body's tricking you you're yeah. not sick you're just having this is your body being an anxiety person and going oh you can't go you're gonna have to cancel because you don't feel good you're getting stomach ache like you have a headache you're feeling hot flashes like yep. that's not normal you know but it's all anxiety mm-hmm. And that's like a big, you know, I think that's a big thing for a lot of people and um, not to like get off topic, no, but yeah, I, I, I'm really glad you came because part of what I'm learning in my therapy with social anxiety is exposure therapy. And so people mm-hmm. are always like, oh, you go out and you do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Am I comfortable? No. But am I doing it? Yes. Because I, I need to prove to myself that I can do it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. That's the hardest thing. It's just kind of amping yourself up to be in that mental place to go do it. Like- and I've, you know, I'm, uh, I see psychiatrists, I go to therapy, yeah. things like that. And that, that helps a tremendous amount. Um, but it's just a lot of work to do on yourself personally. So, so. much self work. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think it's, you know, the thing is a lot of people build up in their head, like it's going to be so bad. And then they're there and they're like, Oh, <laughs> it's never mm-hmm. what you think. You know what I mean? Um, okay. To get back to you, get back <laughs> to everything. Um, this is, I, I mean, my whole podcast is worse first. And I was like, going to say like your worst thing you told me the, the guy get, getting cut in the face and everything. So this is like, obviously everything you do, you, before you even came on the podcast, you said everything's kind of the worst Everything's kind of the worst because yeah. it's like, <laughs> you're, you're dealing with this, you know, in this yeah. business. Um, so, so when you're like, when you completely are pre- done with a body and they're, do you dress them too? Um, I prefer to, yeah. You prefer to. Yeah, because I know, like, every inch of that body, I know, like, 
your your biggest you're basically like a body plumber like you don't want any leaks you right. don't want any purge like right. you need to know like you got to keep that body dry like that is our main job here to put it simply to keep um, the body dry yeah so it, when you you didn't say anything about like do you drain blood out yeah, so, um, yeah, going back to the embalming process, right. when you're um, injecting, you, you're you injecting the fluid, and then that's, you know, going through your arter- your, your arteries, and then the, the, the embalming fluid's coming out of your veins. So the first thing that's going to drain is your blood is going to get pushed out, and then eventually, like, the embalming fluid will come after that. So then that's really messy, right? Like, there's blood everywhere, and you kind of have to hose them people down afterwards, or what? It's a pretty, like, wet, messy process yeah okay. so the tables are designed where you can tilt them down so everything drain, is obviously draining drain. yeah and you can do closed what's called closed drainage which I don't do um I wasn't taught that but so it's open drainage and you are sticking these really long forceps down into the artery and you're or sorry the vein and you're basically like pulling out um clots like a lot you know when you, you die uh, clotting happens so you're pulling out clots you're pulling out a lot of blood and like the best part of being an embalmer is like when you get that good drainage, all you embalmers out there know what I'm talking yeah, about like, is that drainage. You're just like, yes, this is good drainage because if there's good drainage, you're getting a lot of the blood out. So, okay. you know, they're not going to be decomposing as fast. Right. Um, and But know. there's like some people that it's so hard to get the blood out because they just had like blockages. Yeah. Oof. Just a lot of like arterial issues. Um, so you have to stuff. pull blood clots out. Oh, it's the best part. You like it? the best but it's so sick it's so like, where are they they're just like all over the bottom in the yeah because since you're pushing all that fluid you know with pressure with the machine they're pushing the clots toward whoever you're draining so um the forceps are kind of like fishing out you're like fishing, like fishing. how these, big are these clots are they can talking? be like little and then they can be like super long like big fat clots and you're just like they're like slugs sometimes <laughs> yeah but that's that's when you get those out that's great and what do you do you just pull them out and what they go down the drain they go down the drain yeah everything goes down the drain like normal sewage like there's no special processing that's what people don't understand about embalming is like the blood the fluid the um the embalming fluid it's down the drain (laughs) yeah how Uh, do the clots not clog it I don't know. It's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm kind of a plumber, but not that she's a way. Body plumber. Wow, this is like just my mind is blown. Yeah, I wish I wish people could see the process in person, um, so they know like what what happens because nobody it's so closed door. I mean, obviously for those reasons, but uh, for you know personal protection and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's such a closed door process. Like my family, my friends, like nobody really like knows what I do like step by step I know and I went to your Instagram page and it says it in the bio but you don't like really talk about it or post about it do you like to just keep it private no I I mean I was thinking about maybe opening up sort of like a forum where people could ask questions you should I'm so curious like I have a thousand more questions and we're already in an hour oh shoot like I'm literally like I want to know if you've ever done like a shark attack or like if you've ever because we're in California (laughs) or like you know I mean like people who have blown their brains out that's many a, times, many times. A yeah. lot of that? Yeah, a lot of that. Um, How do you fix that? Um, it depends on, like, what kind of gun was used or, like, the caliber and or the bullet and things like that. So um, so you've seen people come in and their head's all fucked up. Oh, yeah, in pieces. So. How do you not have nightmares? I mean, I had nightmares to start with before all this, but I never really had nightmares about work. You it's don't really have nightmares weird. now about anything that you've seen? It doesn't haunt you? or No, not specific cases or anything. Sometimes I have nightmares about bodies waking up when they're on my table before I embalm them and they're actually awake but then it's like a relief because they're not dead anymore so it's yeah. kind of like a weird you're like oh my god you're alive let me call yeah the, the guy did you ever have that happen no no 
no. Dead. No. Yeah. I'm all. <laughs> did anybody ever wake up? That happened recently, apparently. Did you it see that did? in the news? No. Yeah. A woman woke up when, she, I mean, I don't really know how accurate that was, but it was reported in like credible news sources that a woman woke up at a mortuary and she hadn't actually died. Maybe she was in like a coma and they just. And then she alive now? She's alive. Yeah. So that literally is my biggest Can nightmare. Can you imagine <laughs> like you're about to freaking slit and put, put embalming fluid in and they're all, that's my biggest fear. Yeah. Because yeah. I've and I've heard weird stuff about like bodies jerking and like doing weird stuff, but that's just your muscles and I've never. I mean, maybe that's happened to some people, but like that's never happened to you. No, the only thing that makes bodies move is just like the gases inside of you because there's so much gas building up. So like you'll see like movement within like the abdomen or the chest or something, or like when you're embalming, like things will. Um, not even I don't know why I did that. Oh, my arms don't move. It's usually just like in this area. Do you um, hear noises ever come from that? Yeah, yeah. There's like hissings and. Um, that it's the air, it's air air coming out of nose, but it so. never looks like they're breathing. No, you're never. like they're done. They're yeah. I mean, by the time they get to me, they're cold from the cooler. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, no shark attacks. A lot of a lot, a lot of, of gunshots. gunshot wounds. Um, yeah. Wow. And then when they they do suffer from those gunshot wounds, usually the skull is completely in like. I mean, I've had skulls in like fifty pieces, and I have to put that back together. Because I'm so obsessive about, like, it's like a puzzle. So You, you have, have to, to put the skull back together? You're putting it back what together. What do you put now. in the head where the brain was? I put a lot of different things. There's just, like, a lot of tricks of the trade that you just end up learning. But we have, like, certain, like, putties that dry that you can put in the head. Or, like, I will, like, take a sandwich bag and fill it, fill it full of that putty and kind of make it moldable yet not messy. And that'll, like, you know, make the, the brain, so to speak, because the brain's not in there after they've done an autopsy or, unfortunately, you've shot yourself. There's... Yeah. No brain matter left. Um, so you don't have to clean up brain. Well, I have. You, yeah. I heard it looks like ground beef. No, not at all. What does it look like? It's like, it's like, it, the brain melts in a really interesting way. It melts? It melts. It like kind of turns into this like slimy kind of like gooey stuff. Really? It does not stay in its form okay. um, that you, you, you're you used to seeing when it's like, you know, in in uh, formal in at like the you know we're weird museum. like what okay what do you think we are like what how do you think we got i'm just curious your opinion you work with dead people all the time what do you think we are how do you think we got here what do you think the deal is um whatever that scientific answer is with <laughs> evolution you know along those lines i'll go with that because, you think evolution oh for sure but where do yeah. you where do you think started whatever that was I don't, I don't know, know like don't stardust know. bang big bang I, big, type I'm thing. sure i mean if that's like the main you know the the leading theory of how so you're yeah. science totally science-based yeah um i i don't know i don't want to say anything like I guess no you can say whatever you want you don't have to worry about that everyone's entitled to their own opinions yeah i'm not a religious person yeah. by any means i'm not a spiritual person um maybe that would help me along my whole journey. Maybe like the spiritual side would might, might help me, you know, understand and cope with grief better on my own. Because with me, it's like, once you die, it's, that's it. It's, blackness. That's it. But also Nothing. back to, back to where you were before you were born. I guess that's what I, I think, but I also, I don't know. I'm not, right. I, I'm not the expert on what happens after life, if there is one or not. So yeah. I just don't, I don't think anybody knows. I know people think that they know. I just don't, I don't think that, I don't know. Either you find out after you die or you don't. don't. Either one way or the other. That's the truth. I just try not to think about it. I'm like, so I just want to keep you here for like another three hours and just ask you about every experience you've ever had because it's so interesting to me. Spitball some questions if you want. I'll I'll answer shorter. No, (laughs) you're not. You don't have to worry about that. I'm just like, we just started posting these on my Instagram. So now they're only an hour long Mm. because that's the most you can post Mm. on Instagram, which is such a bummer. Mm. Um, But no, I mean, like, I would love to have you back. 
and like do like a part two and like I would love to have people write in questions oh, for I would, you. I would absolutely would love you that. love that? I love because I love just like teaching the public about like what we do and what it is and like they are options for you know when their family members unfortunately pass away. Like people don't they're not educated on what their options are and a right. lot of time they're taken advantage of and you know funeral directors get like a bad break sometimes because of that. So um, yeah, I would love that to be okay. more of a conversation for people. Yeah. So absolutely. we're going to do that guys. I want you to write me and ask <sighs> any questions that you have for Louie and we're going to have her back on in a few weeks and we will ask you all of their questions. That would be, that would be awesome. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Thank you so much no for problem, taking the time course. to be here. I'm like, in all, I'm in all of you. <laughs> Because you deal with something that I don't think I could ever. I think I would die seeing the shit that you've seen. I'd probably be like, like I would freak out. You'd probably find it interesting, though, honestly. Really? Yeah. I mean, it would. It's difficult at first, but if you don't know the person, it is a little bit easier. It's yeah. different when it's your family. Someone member you know. Or, yeah. yeah it's exactly. so hard. I remember my grandmother died, and this is really dark. I actually like got like this close to her face and was like she was like in the casket and I was just looking at everything her hands and everything and I was just like I just couldn't process it you know what I mean yeah it's really weird like I just like had to look so closely because I was like this can't be right like they're not dead you know what I mean did you you wish that you hadn't seen it are you glad that you saw her no I'm glad I did and actually it's interesting I wasn't like affected by it obviously she was all fixed up and Mm. you know that kind of thing but it was like she was so hard and like it was just like so sad and they had her hands crossed and her hands were shriveled and oh. I was just kind of like Ugh. it's surreal it's surreal it's surreal and they they don't seem real anymore they seem like a dummy to me you know yeah, it's, it's like very weird but yeah. yeah oh my god okay so we're gonna have you back on everybody ask your questions awesome. for Louie make sure to check Louie out do you want people to follow you on Instagram or sure you like no yeah okay so follow Louie on Instagram I'm putting her Instagram in my bio right here and check out Rupert, who's the shit <laughs> and amazing. And we're going to have Louie back on, and she's going to tell me all, uh, answer all your questions that you guys have. Of course, yeah. This that has would been be so cool to have you here. Thank you so much You're for having so me. You're so amazing. I'm in all of you. And thanks for beating your social anxiety and coming. You're w- and I beat mine today, too, because I was before you yes. came. I was like, I was like, I'm having anxiety, headache, sweating, because I'm always nervous to meet new people. I'm the same way. So at least if you knew we were anxiety on the together. Yay, this is a safe place. I'm really done with this. Anyway, guys, make sure to stay tuned for next week on Worst First. We'll see you later. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings. 
but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.